in the midst of nothingness and unknowing Follow the compass that my heart is showing time listener I say long time like I've been doing this for a while if you're a listener that comes back frequently thank you for listening and if this is your first time welcome to the podcast so usually I'm interviewing people that I've met traveling or I'm telling my travel stories or talking about an interesting topic like that but today we're doing something a little bit different uh If you've been following me at all on social media, usually I'm all over the place traveling. The past couple years, it's been inside the United States. But I've been stationary for a while, focusing on activism and working to save up to go outside of the country. And I also got arrested for the second time doing activism. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because I'm going to have to be stationary for a little while longer while this case continues. So I thought that, you know, I talked about the first time I got arrested on this podcast and it was a really popular episode. And so I want to talk about the second part because if you followed the past couple episodes, I've been telling my story of the first time I traveled across the United States with almost no money. And I told the first part of the story. I told the second part of the story. And I tried to record the third part of the story, which is the best part. Uh, It's when... I finally got to the coast, and it's the most magical, most adventurous, most surprising, my favorite part of the story, and I've tried to record it multiple times, and I just cannot get it out, and so for some reason, I just feel like I need to get this out of my system and share this with all of you, and then I can get back to that travel story, wrap it up, um, and move on to some other cool topics. I have some cool guests that I plan on interviewing, and we haven't recorded those podcasts yet, but they're going to be really awesome, so make sure you stick around for those. So today, we're going to be talking about this court case. Like I said, my second time getting arrested. The first time was um, at SeaWorld's Water Park in San Diego, and we were protesting about the treatment and the captivity of orcas there, and this time was a little bit different. So like I said, I've been in North Carolina stationary for a little bit here while I work on an animal rights campaign, while I save up to travel outside of the U.S., and different things like that. Um, So I've been protesting in Tar Heel, North Carolina for a little bit, or not even protesting all the time, more like doing pig saves, bearing witness, taking pictures of the pigs, and things like that. Um, But... So just so you know, as we go into this episode, I'm reading a lot of this off of the um, Smithfield 12 website online found at smithfield12.org because I still, you know, I'm going to be careful with what I say while we figure this case out and things like that. And I want to share a lot of facts with you that I don't have memorized. So I'm going to be reading from the website, but I'm also going to be adding my own thoughts, my own parts of the story and things like that. Um, so this is where the story starts. 
On, Smith, on the afternoon of February 1st, over 300 citizens gathered in peaceful demonstration to protest the mass cruelty, environmental racism, and environmental pollution of the world's cruelest and dirtiest corporation, Smithfield Foods. Woohoo! Um, the demonstrators, which I was a part of, uh, assembled at Smithfield Slaughterhouse in Tar Heel, North Carolina. And just so everyone knows, this is the largest pig slaughterhouse in the world right now. And they kill over 33,000 pigs every single day. That is so many lives and individuals. So many. Like, my brain cannot even... Uh, my brain cannot even understand that. Um, and I know for some of you who are activists or you're vegan or you're thinking in that way, you're like, oh my God, this is a huge problem. And for others, you're like, who cares? It's, you know, they're just, it's just pigs. They're just pigs. Um, and maybe if that's you, consider if this was your animal companion that you have at home, your cat or dog, bird, whoever lives with you at home. Um, would you let them go through all the cruelty and suffering that these pigs go through every single day. And some of you like to play it off like, yeah, I don't care, I'd eat my dog. But no, that's <laughs> I know that's not how most of you feel. Um, if we're talking heart to heart, we're being conscious of what that would actually be like, feel like, look like, things like that. So maybe when I read these statistics or... Um, the facts of what happens to pigs, imagine that that was your companion animal. And I bet this story, if you really, really got in there and tried to understand that and think about that, this story would sound a lot different to you. Um, so law enforcement on the scene bullied demonstrators and eventually arrested 12 of the protesters and were now called the Smithfield 12. One of the Smithfield 12, um, my friend Anthony, was arrested and yanked from the protest line. He was slammed face down on the concrete and punched repeatedly to the back of the head. And Smithfield officials just stood there and looked on. So I didn't get to see this, but there are tons of videos on the internet um, showing this. I'll post a link in the bio under this. And I was already gone, taken off to jail at that point. But uh, Anthony had some cuts all over his face when I saw him, he was bleeding, um, went to the hospital, different things like that. So it was a really big deal and this police brutality was really, really gross. So make sure, you know, if you feel like it's important to you to see that video that you check out the link in the description of this podcast. Um, so this Smithfield 12 uh, article goes on to say, the bullying and brutality was a despicable display of violence in corporate elitism, and all those responsible must, must be held accountable. So basically, we've assembled an expert legal team to ensure that Smithfield 12 get the best legal representation as possible. Um, we want to expose Smithfield's cruelty and abuses, and we want that nonviolent demonstrators in the future don't have to deal with this bullying and brutality like we did. Um, so yeah, this is a really, really big moment in the fight against these corporations, um, in a fight for our freedom. It's a fight for the animals, the earth, and for each other. So 
that's basically the gist of the story. And after this whole case is over, I can go back and do another episode and talk more about specifically what happened, what it felt like, what it looked like, and things like that. But I can't do that right now. Um, But I am excited to share that story with you. But before we even get into that story, I want to tell you why we were here in the first place. Um, So I'm pulling a lot of this and adding some of my own comments from the Why Protest Smithfield article that is under smithfield12.org. So we're just going to go over some facts, let you know why we were protesting Smithfield, and I'm going to tell you about a few things that you probably didn't know, because I didn't know. I didn't even know some of these things before I started protesting. Um, Yeah, a lot of this may blow your mind if you really think about it. So why protest Smithfield? Like I said, they're the largest pig producer in the world. Um, They have large-scale farms and slaughter operations across the U.S. and Mexico, and they kill over 31 million pigs per year. Um, So... That is so many individuals. 31 million pigs per year. That is so messed up that we are bringing individuals into existence. Over 31 million of them. Families, babies, children, um, parents. Just to kill them and eat their dead bodies. That is the weirdest thing to me. That is so weird. Um, So like I mentioned before, they kill about 33,000 pigs every single day. And they're considered the largest um, agricultural product in North Carolina, adding at least $2 billion to the economy. And I run into it where a lot of people are like, well, you know, these farmers need these jobs and these people in the slaughterhouse, they need these jobs and look how much money it adds to the economy. Like, we need this. No, we don't. We can do other things to make money. We can have other services, um, other goods that are environmentally friendly, that are helpful for the community, that isn't that aren't making the community sick, that aren't making people sick, that aren't killing people and destroying lives and families. No, we, we really don't need this. Um, and you could look back at probably every social justice movement, um, like if it was a civil rights movement, people would be like, but we need slaves. We need this. We need this. So all these different things that we do not need. The world will function and thrive without this whole industry. I promise you. Um, it Then, this is a good quote. Robert Kennedy Jr. has stated that industrial pig operations like Smithfield are more dangerous for our health and democracy than global terrorism. So now we're going to talk about the other impacts that Smithfield has on our state, the good old state of North Kakalaki, North Carolina. Um, Industrial pig operations like Smithfield produce manure that contains over 150 pathogens that are toxic to humans, responsible for thousands of premature deaths and billions of dollars in healthcare costs. Congratulations, Smithfield. Now, this one will really mess you up. There are 10 million people in North Carolina and 9 million pigs. 10? I'm going to read that again. There are 10 million people in North Carolina and 9 million pigs. What? Oh my goodness. 10 million people in North Carolina, 9 million pigs. You're probably thinking, shut up and stop reading that statistic. But I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that. Um... There's no, although I love pigs, there's no need to breed that many individuals into the world and kill them. It's just really messed up. 
Um, so billions of gallons of pig feces, urine, blood, and rotting body parts are collected in open cesspools each year in North Carolina. Fun. So why aren't uh, factory farms like Smithfield held to the same waste disposal standards for treating and disposing pig urine and feces as others are for disposing human waste? That's a great question. We should all be thinking about that. So 37 schools in North Carolina are within 2,500 feet of a cesspool. 288 churches are the same distance away. 136 public water wells are within 2,500 feet of a cesspool. Ew. Sickness. Um, 170 cesspools are within the state's 100-year floodplain. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the birth defects, disease, and premature deaths for North Carolinians. So scientific tests found abundant pig feces on homes and lawns in the air of private properties near pig, pig farms in North Carolina. Um, elevated levels of salmonella, ammonia, nitrates, and pharmaceutical chemicals, and dozens of other poisonous toxins have been found in 60% of the watersheds in North Carolina where pig farms are located. Um, these fecal bacteria and toxins from pig farms have been proven to cause potentially fatal blue baby syndrome in infants, outbreaks of, and this is a word I had to look up today, so I'm going to let... Theisteria piscicida. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, that thing. You can look that up on Google and read what that is because I've been researching that. Skin disorders, short-term memory loss, and other cognitive problems, and other various oh, and various other chronic and deadly illnesses in local citizens. Thanks, Smithfield. So what are the annual health care costs to North Carolinians due to Smithfield's toxic operations? And is Smithfield helping to cover the cost of health care and hardships that it causes to North Carolina? No. So, yeah, let me just <gasps> give you a second to think about all that, to take that in, before we move on to the environmental destruction and devastation to local wildlife. Um, after that, we are going to talk about the global swine flu a little bit, and lastly, we're going to talk about the pigs, um, one of the biggest issues to me, and that will really be all that we cover, so... Hang in there with me. Um, 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 okay. So environmental destruction and devastation to local wildlife. So during the heavy rains, the cesspools overflow into the local streams and rivers. That is so gross. So 30% of water wells near pig farms in North Carolina have been contaminated by hog waste. Um, millions of gallons of pig farm sludge, feces, blood, and pig afterbirths as well as fertilizer used in feeding crops for pigs, have leaked into surrounding waterways where it has been killing aquatic life and causing algae overgrowth that chokes waterways. So people, there's so much more to this problem than what we can see. Um, obviously, we can see the pigs are going in there, they're dying, that obviously we can assume or understand that this big factory isn't good for the environment, but there is so much more than what we can see. We don't usually see the health effects that it's having on individuals because we're not looking, we're not researching, we're not asking and things like that. We're not seeing what it does to the local waterways, um, to the local ecosystems of 
the streams and things like that. Like we are not looking at any of this and it's so important that we do so that they don't keep getting away with this. Um, the toxic runoff from Smithfield's pig farms has killed millions of fish and other marine life. It's caused local rivers and lakes to be closed off to swimming and water sports. When that happens, you know it's a problem. So what are historical and annual costs to restore and preserve North Carolina's um, fresh water supply due to Smithfield's toxic operations? Are they covering these ongoing costs? Um, these are some questions that we should also be asking. Why are we letting them get away with all of this, destroying wildlife and waterways and things like that? Okay. Yeah, gets my blood going. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk for literally a second about the global swine flu pandemic. So this says on the article that Smithfield has have traced, oh, sorry, <laughs> Smithfield. Scientists have traced the original H1N1 swine flu outbreak of 2009 to a Smithfield farm operation in North Carolina. In 2009 to 2010, the swine flu became a global pandemic in, um, infecting one-fifth of the world's population. Over one billion people got the virus. Good job, Smithfield. The swine flu pandemic eventually killed an estimated 400,000 people worldwide. And the total global health care costs are estimated over $3 trillion. Good job, Smithfield. Um, so the question we're asking is how much financial, financial support has Smithfield contributed to offset the trillions in healthcare costs and hardships caused by the swine flu pandemic that scientists say originated at its large-scale pig farm? Good question. So now, for the last part of this, we're going to move on to talk about the pigs. Um, and everything is really important to me about this case, about this issue, obviously the environment. Um, I, like on a personal note, I care so much about the earth because I feel very connected to it. I feel very connected to its energies. Um, it's my home. I love traveling it. I love seeing it. And it really breaks my heart that everyone's suffering and that the planet is suffering as well. Um, so that's on a personal note. And I'm also going to add some personal notes personal notes to this section when we talk about the pigs. Um, I've been there at Pig Saves countless times. That's when I first found out about Smithfield, that it was like an hour or so away from where I lived. I couldn't believe that all this was happening there. And it was the first time that I had seen animals going off in slaughter trucks, which when I would first go to these... Um, Vigils to bear witness to pigs, take pictures, things like that. I would come home and be. I experienced depression and anxiety sometimes, not very often anymore, but I would come home and experience that for about a week afterwards. I'd feel so shut down because I'd feel so helpless um, watching all these pigs going by on slaughter trucks and feeling like I really couldn't do anything. Um, so. Yeah, I just wanted to give you a little history of where I started with Smithfield and these pigs. Um, it's really hard because if you saw, for some of you, if you saw a huge truck um, and it stopped in front of you and you looked inside and there were a whole bunch of dogs 
let's say it's your favorite kind of dog, it's a dog you have at home, or the dog you had at home was in that truck, um, that haven't eaten, haven't had water, they have spray paint marks all over them, um, you can see that they've been electrocuted, you can see they've been prodded, maybe beat, uh, they're sick, they're throwing up on each other, they don't have enough room to turn around, lay down, things like that, you would be pretty heartbroken. And some of you, again, um, in your more ignorant moments, and I'm not saying that to be offensive, I'm just saying, like, I know a lot of you, and I know that on a deeper level, we do care about each other, and a lot of you be like, I don't care if my dog's in there, I'd eat my dog. I don't believe you, um, and I really try hard to listen to people and believe them and trust in what they say, but I really don't believe you when you say that. Uh, so yeah, a lot of you would be really, really upset. So I started by going to these vigils, and then this has escalated to here. So now we're going to talk about pigs, just so you know a little bit about them. So when they live in their natural habitat in the wild, they walk and explore many miles each day, and they sleep with other pigs in beds of twigs or grass. Oh my god, I would love to be there with them. Um, this also goes on to say that pigs are the most intelligent, social, and emotionally complex species on earth, capable of great joy, love, pain, and suffering. Uh, and that's true. I've definitely seen that. They are clean, smart, and social animals who can recognize up to 20 to 30 of their peers. Isolation from or disruption to a pig's social group causes the pig grief and distress. Their cognitive abilities include a perception of time and anticipation of future events. Obviously, they're living beings. Um, and at least equal to the sensibilities of three-year-old human child. Who three-year-old human children. Um, beginning at birth, pigs communicate with each other using at least 20 distinct grunts, squeals, and oinks. And if you've ever heard one before, oh, your heart will melt. This communication helps piglets stay close to their mother. Pigs are loyal to their family, groupings, and hierarchies, with mothers showing a maternal preference for their own babies and piglets establishing a treat order that reduces conflict among, among siblings. Um, so pigs are considered smarter and emotionally more intelligent than dogs, but they receive almost no protections from cruelty in North Carolina farms, and they are subject to savage systematic abuse in factory farms like Smithfield. <sighs> the way that Smithfield treats pigs from birth to slaughter um, could result in felony cruelty to animal charges if pigs were covered under the same laws that exist to protect dogs and cats from abuse. So I'm going to say that one more time so we can understand that the only reason that we are allowed to do this to pigs is because we're all very speciesist, we're all very blinded, and we have decided that these animals are food animals. We have decided that, right? We could swap out. To me, we could swap out any other animal in there and it would be just as bad. But to some of you, you think, oh, it doesn't matter because they're pigs, they're cows. It's a product. It's a product. No. That is your own um, way of putting your blinders on and not seeing what's actually happening. So the way that Smithfield treats pigs from birth to slaughter could result in felony cruelty to animal charges if pigs were covered by the same laws that exist to protect dogs and cats from abuse. So also... Um, 
just thinking of that, I know a lot of people were like, I'm a feminist, and I think that we all have the rights to our own bodies, and the female, the female body, air quotes, um, shouldn't be exploited, we shouldn't be used, um, we shouldn't be used for profit, different things like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's all fine and dandy, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, but also, if you share these values, extend them to everyone and not just yourself or not just some fellow humans. Because at Smithfield, female pigs endure constant cycles of forced pregnancy. Um, one of the most hideous industry-wide practices is gestational crating, where pigs are placed in a crate made of iron bars. What a life! The size of the crate is the exact length and width of their bodies, so they can do nothing for their entire lives, but stand on a concrete floor, never turn around, never see any outdoors, and never even see their tails. Never move more than an inch. What a life. The pigs are so desperate to get out of their crates that they often spend weeks trying to bite through the iron bars until their gums gush blood, bash their heads against the walls, and suffer a disease called organ... Tors... I don't know what that word is. Um but you can go online and read it, <laughs> in which their organs end up mangled in the wrong places from the sheer physical trauma of trying to escape a tiny space um, or from anxiety. To get a sense of a pig's life in a gestation crate, imagine spending your entire life crammed into a metal cage so tightly you can't turn around, you can't stretch your legs, you can't lift your arms from your sides or lie down to sleep. Plus, you're always pregnant. I've never been pregnant, um, but I've known people who are, I've seen people who are, and I don't think that I would want to spend my whole life like that. It's not comfortable. Um, and also, just adding this on a personal note, after their babies come out, their babies were born by humans to be slaughtered and eaten, like eating their flesh. Can you imagine that happening to your baby? I don't think so. Um, so this goes on to say, after being confined this way for months or years, you would suffer from infections and sores from rubbing up against the bars of the cage. Your muscles um, and bones would become weak and even break underneath you. You may have gone mad from the pain, stress, and just the lack of basic rights to be outside, have fresh air, things like that. So female pigs are forcibly impregnated. Which, if we were talking about humans, humans would be okay with saying rape. And I'm also okay with saying that for other animals because they can feel just as much as us. Um, if it's against their will, it's against their will. They didn't give verbal consent. They didn't give any form of consent. So yes, I'm going to use the word raped. Um, and eventually they give birth in this condition. After giving birth, mothers and babies... Um, are moved to so-called these other crates where they are tightly confined for nursing. Their strained mothers will often accidentally trample their babies to death, trying to reach them to clean them as they suckle. After a few weeks, any surviving piglets are taken from their mothers with no anesthesia. The two-week-old babies have their teeth clipped in half, their tails cut off, their ears... Um, like, sometimes they get the tag in them, sometimes they get cut, and the males have their testicles ripped out. All of these practices should be illegal. They definitely should. But farmed animals are specifically exempt from animal welfare protection. So almost anything goes at Smithfield's pig factory.
and other factories and farms. So Smithfield also um, plays with the pig's genetics to make them grow much faster than they naturally would, which causes many pigs to suffer injury and painful joint problems. They also um, feed animals large amounts of antibiotics to keep them alive in this high-stress, filthy conditions. Um, so many pigs die before they're fully grown, which Smithfield sees as just a cost of doing business. What a privilege to be able to see it like that. The survivors are often too sick to stand when finally they are forced into crowded trucks, the ones that we see, often by being beaten and shocked with electric prods and driven to Smithfield Slaughterhouse in Tar Heel, North Carolina, through all weather extremes <clears throat> and without food or water. So the pork, I hate that word, the pork industry experts um, estimate that approximately 1 million pigs arrive for slaughter, either crippled or already dead. So I don't actually hate that word, because um, I don't hate anything. <laughs> Just going back on what I said. But I'm deeply frustrated with that word, that we could take someone's experience, um, being a pig, being an animal, turn them into a product, and then label it with another word so that we don't actually have to think about what's happening. That's why I really, really don't like that word. Um, so... This is so frustrating. When the pigs finally reach Smithfield Slaughterhouse, terrified, weakened from their long and frightening journey, they are then hung upside down and have their throats cut, sometimes while they're still conscious. Could you imagine? Every day, the Smithfield Slaughterhouse in Tar Heel, North Carolina, thus ends the lives of 33,000 pigs. Such if the brief and brutal life of a Smithfield pig, um, a being with the sensibilities of a three-year-old human, can you imagine living that life? This article then says, if you eat animals, there is no moral, ethical, or nutritional justification for your participation in this great evil. Just stop. Um, it also adds at the end, for more sources on above content and for information on transitioning into eating, uh, from eating animals to a vegan diet, please visit savetheanimalsavetheorg.com. Thank you. So if you do go to smithfield12.org, you can find these facts that I just read. You can find the source and references for everything I just told you about. Um, you can read our story. You can watch the video. I highly recommend you watching the video of us protesting. Um, I'll share one that I personally made, which is a lot of footage of me and some footage of the pigs um, as the video in this podcast description. And like I said, a lot of us that are part of the Smithfield 12 are, I don't know if I said this or not, but we're younger folks. You know, I'm working a couple jobs. I know other people are trying to find jobs right now or they're working a couple jobs, um, really saving up. And we cannot cover these legal costs by ourselves. So please, please go on and donate to us and help us. Um, let me check. So... Our goal that we need to cover all these legal costs and things like that is $47,881. Wait, $47,881. Um, so far, we've made $2,278.99. So 5% of our goal has been reached. Um, I know that this money is going to us in our court case. I know the people who's organized this, and it's all been done in a really professional 
outstanding way. So if you go on to smithfield12.org, you can donate to us. Please help us. Um, and if you don't feel like you can financially support us right now, that's totally fine. I understand. Please just share this story share these facts. You can do that by sharing the video that I post. You can do that by following um, Save the Animals, Save the Earth on Instagram, on Facebook, on social media, and sharing what we post. Um, you can do it by sharing this Why Protest Smithfield article, or just by sharing our website so that the floodgates open up and people have access to this information. Um, because although we're focusing on Smithfield right now, this isn't the only corporation that is doing this. This isn't the only thing that's happening like this. This just happens to be the largest slaughterhouse in the world, and this just happens to be, um, where this all happened, right? Like, none of us planned for this whole big thing to happen, so this is just where it happened, and so this is what we're focusing on. Um, also, I just want to add that, like, if you're still participating in this after you've listened to that and after you have the chance to learn more and read more um what are you doing because these other beings feel and understand and think and love just as much and just as hard as you and I do um and I do not want to be in their position I could not imagine the suffering that happens, the heartbreak, the loss, the trauma, um, it's a lot. So you have the option of not forcing others, you know, taking away their freedom, taking away their bodily rights. You have the option to not support that. And every time that you eat an animal's flesh, you eat a dead animal, you eat their stolen products that we call eggs and milk and dairy and cheese and ice cream and things like that, you are sentencing someone else to a life of suffering, um, to a life of trauma, and everything I just read. You know, you're messing up the environment, you're participating in environmental racism, and different things like that. So really, do your research. Um, you can live a life without eating individuals and their stolen products. I do. I know so many other people that do as well. And like, my body's thriving. And my spirit, although it's sad and heavy with a lot of these things, um, I feel more awake than I've ever felt just from noticing what's actually happening, you know, when I stopped lying to myself about everything. Um, so your spirit can thrive. It's also painful to see everything that's happening. So I encourage you to do other practices that help you keep yourself light, um, help you keep yourself energized when needed and things like that, like... I like meditation and yoga and fun and laughter and dancing and travel and things like that. Um, but it's also super important that we are willing to look at the truth and when we're disgusted with it, that we're willing to do something about it. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, I also want to add that I do, like, I, I get fired up a lot about a lot of these things. Um, but I still do really have love for everyone, even the police officers and the workers, um, you know, that are beating the pigs and are going home traumatized, and for the pigs, just everyone, everyone involved, like, I still have love for everyone. I don't think that anyone is evil or bad, but I think that a lot of us have these blinders on, um, we're not paying attention to our senses, we're not connecting with ourselves, and we end up doing really horrible things. 
So yeah, just something to think about um, as we go on. And just remember that like we're all living, conscious, breathing beings who want to feel safe and we want to be happy and we want to feel free. So don't take that away from someone. Um, if you listen to the end of this, thank you so much. I know I'm like, share these episodes sometimes, but like really please share this episode because it would be of great help to everyone to find out this information, um, to hear about it, whether it's their first time or their fifth time, uh, and get some support, some support going for this campaign. So once again, thank you for listening and hopefully (laughs) the next episode will be the end to the story that we were just talking about. So I think once I get this published and off my chest and out of my head a little bit, it'll be easier to move on with that. Alright, thanks for listening. Happy travels. Keep on going